Welcome back to the Get Unstuck and On Target podcast. I'm Mike O'Neill with Bench Builders, and we love helping business leaders like you solve the tough people and process problems that may be slowing your company's growth. Joining me today from Houston is Thomas Gilman. Thomas is a strategic partner with Schooly Mitchell. He helps clients manage their costs on an ongoing basis in the areas of utilities, telecom, fleet management, merchant services, e-signature, small package shipping, and waste disposal. Thomas is a chemical engineer by training with an MBA, and he has nearly 40 years of in-depth experience in operations, project engineering, economic analysis, planning, strategy, and audit. Welcome, Thomas. Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks for inviting me. I'm looking forward to our conversation because, quite frankly, it is simply a continuation of a conversation that you and I started about two, maybe three weeks ago. Let me see if I can set this up. Okay. Thomas and I connected on LinkedIn, and what, rather than just say, all right, I'm glad to have you as a connection, we set up a one-on-one -on -one conversation. I forgot who initiated it, but after that conversation, there seemed to be enough interest to continue that conversation. And that in large part is the topic for this podcast. And that is, we have begun exploring how can my business, Bench Builders, help Thomas's business, Schooly Mitchell, and what does that look like? And so we really are just in that early stage of the conversation, but I thought, man, this is going on everywhere. I came across a statistic, may I share this with you, Thomas, and it's really was talking about the question of word-of-mouth marketing. And here's the statistic I came up with. Do you think that word-of-mouth marketing is dead? Think again. According to Nielsen, 92% of consumers say that they trust recommendations from people in their network more than any other source. And when applied to your business practices, referral partnerships are essential to continued growth. Do you agree with Nielsen? Yeah, I sure do. Um, you know, it's funny that you said that uh, you're looking for ways for your business to help mine, but at the same time, I'm looking for ways that my business can help yours because, you know, it's just natural to have a back and forth when you establish a referral partnership. But yeah, you know, uh, my business uh, is referral based. So it's so crucial to have the person that you're talking to that you're trying to get to use your services, trust you. And you can establish that trust over a series of five to seven or eight meetings, you know, where they get to know you and then they finally get comfortable and they sign up. Or plan B, they can have somebody that they trust introduce you and say, yeah, Tom's a good guy. See if you'd like to do business with him. That saves not only the time, that's great, but a lot of times um, that is what drives the decision for them to go ahead and sign up. And I can get into why it's real easy to sign up with me, but only if you trust me. Because in my business, it doesn't cost anything to quote hire me because we will take a look at your costs with no fee. You know, basically what we do is we take a look at it, we propose how we would save a client money and then we show them the answer of how we would do that. And only when they say, yeah, go ahead and implement that, do we take a fee out of 
what we've implemented for them. So it's always cash flow positive. The thing about referrals is if they don't know me or trust me, they don't, there's got to be a catch. You know, it sounds kind of wonky. Why haven't I heard about this before? How come I've never heard of the, the company Schooley Mitchell? You know, a lot of people haven't. And so when I get a referral, a lot of times they'll sign up before I'm ready for them to, you know, I'm, I'm into my, here's what we do. And they say, you know what, Bobby said, you're a good guy. Let's just do it. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to stop selling now. And I'm just going to sign you up. It's just the greatest thing. And that's all because of referrals, really good referrals. That's a great explanation of what your company does. In my intro, I described a little bit about your background and why you would be an excellent person who can get into some of these technical areas. Mm -hmm. um, let's go back to how you and I first met. It was sure. via LinkedIn. And LinkedIn is a powerful tool for business owners, business leaders, because you can connect. But simply being connecting doesn't necessarily mean you're in relationship. Yeah. And that was something that impressed me. When you and I had our first conversation, it was just that. We really didn't spend as much time talking about Schoolie Mitchell or Bench Builders. We got to know each other better. Yeah. And that just struck me as by me investing in that relationship being Thomas, it may be that no business comes of that, but I would have a new friend in Houston, Texas. Right. But as the conversation continued on, I was learning more and more things of what you do that I said to myself, goodness gracious, I've got clients that need to know about Thomas. And if that is the case, I would be willing, obviously, to do that very thing. Right. You, you mentioned that a lot of your business is referral business. That applies to us. When you get a referral and you go in and you begin describing your services and they almost cut you off, that really is a great, great way to kind of fast track the sales process, is it not? Yeah. Uh, sometimes if you, you know, I, I just uh, juxtapose not having a referral versus having a referral is like day and night. So not having a referral, even if you kind of know them and, you know, they're friendly, they're still going to have a lot of hesitation because they don't know, you know, there's a lot of unknowns. And um, if they have a referral, all those are put aside because a trusted person has vouched for you. And that's the difference between a cold call or what feels like a cold call and a warm introduction, which is feeling like you're doing business with someone you've known a while. And so re regardless of size of company. So, you know, a lot of times, you know, you go to a mom and pop shop, They'll be hesitant because they, you know, they see salespeople and it's like, okay, what are you trying to do? But if you have a referral, you know, they're more willing to, to sign up. When you have a referral at a large company, that person is the decision maker because the referral person knows who to refer you to. You don't have to search through the whole labyrinth of that large company. Is it the purchasing manager? Is it the finance manager? Is it the CEO? That referral says, I know who makes that decision. Let me introduce you to them, saving all that time of fishing through who to talk to. So yeah, the referrals help in so many ways that I don't think I really do business without them anymore. You know, it, it's kind of like I, I have enough referrals and referral partners, and, and I will get into referral partners 
I have enough that it's kind of like my marketing arm now. You made a comment in our first conversation that picked up in our second conversation, and it went something like this. Mike, as I've got to know you and what you do, I want to be in a position that if I hear that there is a need, I can make that referral, but I'm making it from not just a, hey, you need to talk to my friend Mike, but it's a much more informed referral. Um, Prior to us scheduling this podcast recording, I went and just and Googled referral partnerships just to kind of see what do people say is a critical part. You haven't seen this, haven't heard this, but let me just throw out to you some of the things that I've read and see to what extent you would agree or disagree. Is it important in your opinion, if you're going to have a referral partnership relationship, to really understand needs? Yeah. The more you do, the better you can have that partnership. So those needs would be what? You would, you'd, if I was asking you, I would try to get a better understanding what would be an ideal type of client for you? Yeah. What, what would be an ideal client, either geographically, size, um, what kind of industries? Are there, you know, what the marketing people call verticals that you're, you know, targeting? All that really helps to understand what your uh, ideal client is. Knowing the ideal client allows you to look at people that you run into as a difference from that ideal. You've got the ideal clear in your head, and it's so much easier to differentiate who you're talking to from that ideal than it is to add up everything that that client is. So basically what I'm saying is by difference, you can say, yeah, this one is very close to their ideal, and I think the differences are not going to be significant, and this would be a good referral uh, for Mike, for instance. This next bullet came through loud and clear as a result of our conversations, and that is we made a commitment after the first conversation to have a second conversation. Right. And more often than not, after one-on-one, I forget. I get distracted, and there's not a second conversation. And we, we, I think we scheduled it right then and there. Let's get back together a week from now to continue this conversation. The suggestion that I was reading is the importance of communicating regularly. If you're going to be in a referral partnership relationship, you have to be intentional with communication. Have you found that to be the case? Yeah, that's such a good point. You know, um, as with anyone, when I first started out, I thought the more, the more referral partners, the better. Well, unfortunately, there's only so many hours in a day and you can't have a thousand referral partners because you'll only talk to them once every four years. You know, what's a better situation is fewer, deeper relationships so that like you and I were talking on a regular basis. You know, I would say monthly or every six weeks at the most so that it's cumulative rather than restarting every time. Like if you talk to somebody once a quarter or once every half a year, you're barely going to remember what they look like. But if you Mm -hmm. talk to them monthly or every six weeks, then you can build on what you've done. You can say, hey, we talked about doing X. And if it happened, great. You can celebrate it or maybe tweak it. Or if it didn't happen, why didn't it? Why why didn't something we thought was going to be great happen? And you can do that before it's so long that both of you forget about it. 
you know, and so it, it keeps the ball rolling, I guess is another way to put it. Thomas, one of the things you said that really struck me is you and your company work with clients and you don't get a dime until you demonstrated savings. And implement them. And implement them. Yeah. And you said something that really caught my attention, and that is with those savings, you said maybe this would be the way that they would fund doing work with bench builders, right? using them for their management training needs or executive coaching needs or the like. Um, and I kind of go, how generous for you to say that? And that is the savings that you put on their bottom line, you might be able to say with that savings, would you have a need for? Yeah. And by you connecting those two things, kind of light bulbs went off with, with me, um, that your heart's in the right place. Uh, your desire to really invest in the relationship was there. And when you said that, I kind of go, all right. Thomas, you and I are going to be—we're going to be friends, and hopefully, we can be business partners. Yeah. Um, the next bullet talked about strengths should complement the weaknesses, meaning what you do is nothing like what I do. Right. Correct. Exactly. Right. And that's what's great about it is you know when a client needs help, they're probably going to need both of us to have the optimal solution. Like they can do better on cost with me alone and they can do better on their management approach with you alone. But if they use both of us, then they are so much farther ahead than just one of us. And so that's a great complementary referral partnership. And the reason that, you know, it may sound generous, but when I'm proposing, uh, they use the money that I save them to pay for your services. It's that I've identified and they're open to further um, improving their business by using your services. And so it, I don't feel like, you know, sure, I'm a generous guy like everybody, but I'm also a business person. And I feel like if I do that and you come in and you wow them like I know you will, then that reflects well on me because I, you know, introduce you to them. And so it's kind of like a win, 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 you know, you get a client, I get a client, the client gets business improvement. And I love that win-win kind of approach to business. We haven't discussed this yet, but some referral partnerships are formalized. Mm -hmm. Whereas if I referred someone in and it results in business, there is essentially a referral fee uh, extended. And yep. I'm not frowning on that. There are a number of situations. This came up in a conversation I had yesterday afternoon, the nature of their work, it just lends itself. You and I did not discuss that. It doesn't right. preclude that. But my sense is, is that we would have more of an informal arrangement. But speak to that. What are your thoughts yeah, on that? Sure. You know, um, Schooling Mitchell is a big proponent of paid referral relationships when they make sense. A lot of times my approach is Let's establish the personal relationship with the referral partner first, you know, gain trust with each other and then try out some referrals. You know, I'll send you people, you send me people. And if it starts humming along, then, yeah, let's establish a more formal relationship because this thing is really clicking. But what I what I hesitate to do 
is try to do that right up front before any back and forth has happened because you know it takes a little effort and now you feel like you're on the hook and they haven't really sent you anybody but you sent them people and it just gets a little i don't know uh, administrative so what i like to do is just let's try it informally see if it starts clicking and if it does then let's talk to each other about a uh, a paid referral system and you know it's all you know money's always good but uh i don't like that to be the first approach got you what additional thoughts do you have about referral partnerships that we've not discussed yeah the other thing is um i think accountability so like let's say we have great conversations where i think wow there's so many times that i could introduce you and vice versa and then we meet in a month and nothing has happened well let's don't you know, let's don't scoot that under the rug. Let's talk about, well, why didn't it happen? You know, what what about our approach in that intervening month caused us not to do the things that looked so great that, you know, would have helped our businesses? I think when the relationship is deep enough to be open about things that didn't work out the way you planned, I think that's when you can start trusting more and then be more productive. And, you know, the other thing is, if you start a, a referral relationship and for whatever reason it doesn't pan out, that's okay. You know, it's kind of like you try your best and maybe you still have a friend, you know, but you just can't do business like you thought you could. So don't beat yourself up if every referral partner doesn't turn out to be awesome. So you're stressing the importance of being transparent, be accountable, uh, yeah. and be honest. Yeah, have that trust level. So, you know, when you first meet somebody on LinkedIn, you don't know them, you know, they mm-hmm. could be a shady character, but once you, you know, get to know them and establish trust and, you know, share things back and forth, then um, you can be more transparent, uh, more trusting and uh, not have to worry about that person. Cause you know, that person. And so that, that's what I like. You know, the other thing is it's just fun. You know, you can do business where it's all hands off, you know, you, you never meet many people or you don't become in a deep relationship with them. That's not as fun as getting to know people, helping them out and having them help you out. It's just a more fun way to do business for me. Well said. Other thoughts about referral partnerships that we've not covered? Yeah. So um, there is a uh, tracking to referrals. So let's say that you and I have a meeting and I say, Hey, I'm going to introduce, I'm going to approach this person and try to introduce you. You know, a good referral partner will follow up on that. And they'll either say, well, I tried to make it happen. Here's why they can't talk to you right now, but maybe later, or, Hey, here's an introduction. What they don't do is the next time you talk, Oh yeah, I forgot about that. So when you make a commitment to a referral partner, that's your credibility that you're committing. You know, you're saying, I'm going to introduce you or try to introduce you to somebody. Make sure you follow up on that because once you blow that a couple of times, the person's not going to really trust. It's like a cry wolf thing where they're not going to trust you the next time you commit to something. So I'd say that's important and it can be complicated if you have, and that gets back to how many referral partners you have. If you have, thousand referral partners just imagine trying to track what you promised it's hard but if you have a decent number then you can remember who you committed to what and 
you know, hopefully you have a CRM or some other method of keeping track of your promises. Have you found there's a kind of a general rule of thumb as to the number of referral partners that you hover around and you can keep up with? Yeah, I would say that um, I, I, I think it more, not as many one uh, referral partners, but how many ones to ones can I do per week? Hmm. So if you look at, you know, do the math of how many one-to-ones you can do per week based on how busy you are in business, and then multiply that by how frequently you want to talk to people, be it a month or every six weeks, that will tell you how many referral partners you can keep on that loop. So, you know, if you can do, let's say one one one-to-one a day, that's five per week. 30, 35, 40, maybe. And uh, I had a lot more than that one time, but, you know, I couldn't keep up with them. So I, I high graded them to the ones that were more productive and that I like to hang out with. And so that gave me, you know, kind of the 40 to 50. You know, I introduced your company. I gave the standard bio and we jumped. Sorry. Uh, I'm so sorry. I hope you can cut that. Well, we'll just plan on doing that. So what I'll do is we'll take a break and then I'll, we'll cut that part out. Um, I'm confident that's one of your customers calling to say, oh, thank you so much for all this savings. Let's talk about some more business. Um, all right. So I'm going to take, I'm going to pause. We're going to look at the camera okay. and um, let's see. I think we were, you were, I think you were describing, we were talking about the number of uh, yeah. partners you can kind of keep up with. Why don't we move on to, yeah. to the next? I think we were at a, at a, yeah, a we transition were at the point. End of that. Yeah. Okay. All right. You ready? One more drink. Sorry. Got to figure out how to cut my phone quicker. Okay, go. Thomas, do me a favor. Look back on your time with Schooling Mitchell and beyond, but can you reflect on a situation where either you or a client got stuck? And when that happened, what did it take to get unstuck? Yeah, so um, I would say when I was ramping up with Schooling Mitchell, um, I had a situation where I didn't have enough referral partners and I am deadly afraid of cold calls because I'm, you know, just not my thing. You know, I, I don't have a sales background. And so I was stuck because I wasn't sure how quickly I could ramp up the referral part of my business. And I didn't have a lot of clients coming in because, you know, I wasn't cold calling. So that was where I was stuck. And how I got unstuck is I just trusted the great referral partners that I had. You know, I, I made more follow-ups with them and said, hey, we said this was going to happen. You know, what what's the status? Not putting them on the spot, but just kind of making sure that that was moving along. And before I knew it, not only were those commitments, you know, upheld, but now things that we hadn't even talked to came my way and I, you know, started to get clients 
even unexpectedly. And that's kind of where I started to feel like, wow, referral partnerships is like a sales force that's fun to be with. You know, it's kind of like uh, they're thinking about you, you're thinking about them. And so every time I would get a client through this referral process, I'm thinking, wow, I, you know, I'm not the greatest salesperson, but I do have a great sales force for me. And then that's my referral partner. You know, I never thought about that in those terms. Think of referral partners as pretty much your sales force. You have to invest in yeah. them and in the relationships. Um, I suspect as you take on additional clients, you develop extra expertise. And so when you update, hey, I've now begun working in this vertical right. or I've helped this client this way, is you're educating us, your referral partners, of ways that you've helped your clients that just makes us better informed um, great example yeah the, the other thing about referral partners is you can't rely you know you can't put all your eggs in that basket because what you don't want to do is feel bad if they don't refer you somebody that's not their fault you know they tried but you don't want to get into a situation of expecting them you want to be thankful every time but you don't want to be, hey, you know, where are you? It's like, that's not the way referral partnerships work. And so every time I start to feel like uh, I need to, the referral game to rise, what I do is emphasize who I'm referring to. I refer more and more, and I try to keep my ratio so that I'm sending people more people than they're sending me. And it's kind of a race to the top. You know, I send them more, they tend to send me more and on and on uh it's it's a kind of a a game in a positive way thomas what's interesting about this is literally we hit the record button but what we've just done is just continued our right. conversation yeah. this is our third conversation on this topic yeah. and now i have a better understanding of your expectations of me as a potential referral partner and we've also are kind of establishing kind of the, the rules that we will follow. And yeah. that is um, transparency and accountability and, and the like. And then what you just said is further evidence kind of who you are. And that is you have a tendency to, to give generously. And the assumption is that in doing so, um, they'll just see you as that much of a stronger partner and want to be able to reciprocate. Yeah, I think one, one thing that I maybe failed to say was that when somebody refers you to somebody, that is something of a very high priority for you to be successful at. So you want to be sure and contact them, mm -hmm. you want to be sure and take care of them, and you want to be sure that when they get back to your referral partner, they rave about you. Mm. Because you don't want to get them to go back to your referral partner and say, wow, time was kind of a dud. I mean, who is that guy? that will kill the referral partnership because that person is going to be very hesitant to send you the next one. So it's, it's kind of like keeping you on your toes because it's like, uh Oh, I got this golden egg of a referral. Let's take care of it and make sure that when that person talks to the referral partner that sent me that person's way, sorry about the mess up there, but um, make sure that uh, they're raving about you to the person that sent you. Thomas, as you kind of look back on our conversation, and we've said this twice, maybe three times, this literally has been 
a continued conversation. Yeah. But you think about the things we've discussed while recording this podcast. What would you want to be some takeaways for our listeners? Yeah, the fact that um, referral partners are a way to gain trust with potential clients in a way that none other can. There's no other way to gain that trust other than through a referral. And so when you think about it that way, it's really great when somebody refers you. So take care of that referral, you know, make, make the person proud that sent you or gave you that introduction. And so, uh, and then think about how many people you're trying to do that with and what's the bandwidth that you can spend the time, invest in that relationship and really understand that person and see if you can help them as much as they can help you. you know? And that would be my takeaways. Those are excellent. And as expected, this was an enjoyable continuation of our prior conversations. If folks listening want to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to do so? Sure. Schooley Mitchell um, is a large uh, consultancy, but my personal email is thomas.gilman at schooleymitchell.com. And my phone number, you know, I'm available, 281-972-2377. Love to help people, um, you know, either through saving them money, talking about referrals, but uh, love to meet people and help them out. Thomas, thank you so much. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. I really appreciate it. I also want to thank our listeners for joining us today. We upload the latest episode to all the major platforms weekly. So if you haven't already, please subscribe. Got a couple questions for you. Is your company growing quickly? Are you worried you don't have the right people and processes in place to handle the increased workload? If yes, let's talk. Head to bench-builders.com to schedule a quick call. We'll explore ways to help you solve those nagging problems so you can scale faster and smarter. So I'd like to thank you for joining us, and I hope you've picked up on some tips from Thomas that will help you get unstuck and on target. Until next time.